0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. I am very, very excited to talk with my dear friend and fellow nutritionist, Mia Giomi, here. Today, she's going to share all about um, launching her first online chorus, the steps she took uh, to get it started, how she came up with the idea for an online chorus, how she knew her business was ready for one. Um, She's going to talk a little bit about the program that she used to help her get that set up, and then launching it and getting her first students inside the online chorus. So i um, really excited. I asked Mia if she would be a guest to talk about this because I'm such a big fan and she's one of my favorite people, and I knew that she would be very open and transparent about her experience in, in getting this started. So before we begin, let me tell you a little bit about Mia. So Mia is a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, certified holistic nutritionist, and gut health and stress hormone specialist. Mia helps folks struggling with chronic digestive issues and burnout restore their digestion and recharge their energy using an investigative root cause approach so they can finally feel like themselves again. She supports her clients in achieving their health goals through a practical, highly bio-individualized approach to nutrition and lifestyle. And with 15 plus years of chronic digestive issues and eventually experiencing burnout herself, this led Mia to take her health into her own hands, becoming certified as a nutritionist. She now supports folks going through similar experiences, where she is able to marry her formal education with her personal experience, lending empathy and understanding to better support her clients' outcomes and bring an additional layer of care to her work. Mia's worked with dozens of 101 clients, where she's been able to help them uncover contributors to their health concerns and co-create healing plans that feel practical realistic and aligned with her client's values with an emphasis on sustainable long-term results. Mia currently lives in Collingwood, Ontario, and serves clients internationally through her private practice. And the last thing I wanted to say is that I have had her on the podcast before. An episode you could check out is episode 161, Day in the Life of a Nutritionist, where we actually went through exactly how Mia runs her business, how she got it started, programs she loves using, and it's definitely a must listen to. So thank you for being here. (laughs) Hey, Steph, thank you so much for having me. It's good to be back for second time oh I, I mean I'm surprised I haven't had you on more with the amount of times <laughs> and, and I feel like so excited to have seen your business develop the way it has you know way back I kind of say way back a couple years you know ago when we first connected and um, you joined my membership at one point and then I think we just kind of connected and stayed friends and um, I've been such a like fan of your work since then. So when I saw you come out with your online course or the idea for it, um, I was like, wow, okay. Gotta have her on again. Cause I definitely Aww. want to hear how that <laughs> process went. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. Yeah. You've been such, well, you
1: know, such a beautiful support for me since I started And like, it's been this month was like three years since I started my business, which is incredible to think. It feels like COVID's just been like a complete time war. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And you really did get started in that time where I think <clears things throat> were questionable things were moving online. Mm. You just graduated. And, um, I think we talked a bit about this in the day in the life of a nutritionist episode, but, you know, you kind of were forced, I believe to like really bring your practice online and start seeing clients in that way. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally.
1: I, I, don't really know what it's like to have
0: an (laughs) in-person clinical
1: practice, which is wild. But yeah, going online, it's like been amazing for the type of reach that
0: you have being in the, in the digital world, you know? So it's been, yeah, it's been super cool. So let's kind of, uh, for people that maybe aren't familiar with you or haven't listened to the other episode to know your background, can you just quickly share like um, maybe when you graduated and like how you got started with your business and talk a little bit more about maybe like um, who you were helping like, was it more one-on-one clients or what did it look like at the beginning stages? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's see if I can remember way back then. <clears throat> Excuse me.
1: Um, yeah. So I graduated, it would have been, I think technically like winter 2022. Like I think I was finishing my co-op hours in about this time three years ago. So about February 20, I'm oh, sorry, 2020. Um, so finished my co-op and then I think what I initially got started with was kind of just like growing a presence online. I had my Instagram account going. I think I had a website kind of thrown together. I just did a DIY for my website and then I started with I think it was two different ways to work with me one-on-one. So I just started with two um packages. I had a 6-week package and I think a 12-week package at the time. Um so yeah, I just started seeing clients one-on-one and I think probably the first few clients that I saw were kind of um you know, uh, acquaintances or like friend of friends or like people from my hometown, you know, more like in my closer circle, that kind of, um, were probably the first people that I started sharing, um, you know, my offers with and, and talking about what I was doing when I transitioned into this space. Um, yeah, so that's kind of where I got started. I think I probably from the get-go, I don't know if it was like learning from people like yourself or doing research online that, um, uh, like one-off one-on-one sessions aren't always the most sustainable way to go so I think that must have been why I initially started with having like a six-week and a 12-week package from the start and then things just kind of like started to like shift and I feel like the way that I offered my services and developed them ultimately into a four-month program that I now do with my one-on-one clients like as I, I learned and understood what was working to get my clients the best results things just kind of like morphed and changed. And, um, yeah, they're kind of like ever changing now, like even three years into it, I'm always looking to see how I can make my offers, like suit my clients best, get them the
0: best results. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I think that's Mm -hmm. exactly what we're supposed to be doing is assessing, you know, what's working, what's not working, what can I change? What can I even like, like structure better? And, you know, Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. think I remember even just from like being an outsider or even maybe through discussions you and I had was like, at some point, Those the six-week program, the 12-week program, it was like, okay, those are working, but I actually am almost doing similar things with each client with obviously some customization, personalization. So which kind of led you more, I believe, into like the signature program um, style, Mm -hmm. which you've been doing now for a while. So just to kind of make it clear for everybody, like where did the kind of, I guess, idea for uh, an online course come in? Was it because you were like, Oh, okay. I'm teaching this to almost every single person where I could just be giving them videos or, you know, I could be doing, you know, it in a more, um, streamlined way, or were you burning out with one-on-ones or were you like looking for a lower price point? Like what was kind of that spark of an idea to introduce an online chorus?
1: Mm -hmm. I think probably like all three of those things. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) if I can say that, I think like, I knew that I always wanted to ultimately diversify my offers, um, both from the kind of like capacity perspective where, you know, I have a threshold for how many clients that I can see one-on-one. Um, and, you know, I ultimately want to help as many people as I can. And then, you know, of course, introducing offerings like a course or other um, maybe more passive hands-off offers that don't require me trading my time for dollars um, make sense from that perspective. Um, so definitely just, you know, me knowing that ultimately throughout the timeline of my business, I want to offer different things, different ways that people can kind of like step into my world and work with me and get support depending on what they might need at that time too. Right. Um, so that was definitely a big determining or like driver for me, kind of exploring the idea for a course, um, but to your question, like, so I was, I was primarily working with clients one-on-one, um, which was definitely, I think now I'm getting my footing a little bit more, like, you know, again, almost three years into it, a year and a half full time. I feel like I'm getting more consistent in how I'm getting one-on-one clients and, and, and working with them. Um, but I knew I wanted to have like an offer that, um, yeah, took me out of the equation a little bit and then provided a way that people could work with me at a more accessible price point. So my, you know, one-on-one offer right now, it's a four month, pretty intensive program. Um, it's pretty high ticket, you know, in my opinion, anyways, I charge almost $2,000 for my four month program. Um, and that's not available to everybody, accessible to everybody. Um, and it might not be what people, want or need, especially for people who are just getting started. So, um, I de- definitely found in my one-on-one work with clients, a lot of, like you were saying stuff, like teaching my clients pretty much the same thing to some capacity. Um, you know, I was definitely repeating myself with a lot of, um, more of the like foundational recommendations that I was making to clients. So I think that's where I was like, okay, this is the perfect, um, opportunity for me to take that information that I was sharing with essentially every single client that walked through my door and build it out into this like really robust curriculum pre-recorded videos that I could offer people. Um Yeah.
0: I think hopefully that answered it. Oh
1: question.
0: yeah, it absolutely did. <laughs> so like it went all over the place. No, it's so nice to hear. Cause I think so many people have different reasons, you know, maybe for some people they're you know, like a busy full-time parent and they only have a small amount of time. So they have to, you know, they can't do one-on-ones or, you know, so it's so nice to hear your reasoning behind. And I think all of, all of your reasons are super justified. That kind of leads me just to thinking, like, I had two different questions. Um, kind of looking back now that you've created the online course and you've had some students go through that. Do you think you needed to do one-on-one coaching first before creating the online course? Um like, do you think it made it easier for you or do you kind of wish you created one sooner?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and I think the argument could probably me- be made for like both camps there. Personally, I think like I got to this point where I saw, I brought enough clients through my one-on-one progress um, or process, story, And I guess maybe to preface that by saying, so how you were mentioning earlier that, you know, I had a 12 week, package when I first started and then I've slowly morphed that into like a signature offer and in my signature four-month one-on-one program I developed a framework so I have like you know first I always start with the foundations with a client then we go through um, you know a few phases that are a little bit more targeted and strategic and then I bring them through a maintenance phase so um, that first foundations phase like after bringing so many clients through that, it just became really evident to me that I was like, this would literally be so perfect for a course or a program, like a group program or whatever that would look like. So I think having worked, like having had worked with so many one-on-one clients, it just made it easy for me to like one, like I had already proven it. I knew it worked with my one-on-one clients. I had seen my one-on-one clients go through that foundational, you know, um, those foundational recommendations and see really, really, you know substantial results from that. So to me I was already kind of like it was proof of concept, right? I was like I know this works. Um I know it can help more people beyond just, you know, serving my one-on-one clients. Um that being said, like I think I also could have gotten started with it, you know, and maybe it would have meant that if I hadn't worked with one-on-one clients, you know, maybe I did more of a beta launch or um uh, yeah, something like that which I didn't really do with this course launch, um, to try to make sure that it was, you know, I had the proof of concept and that kind of thing. Um, so I think it could go either way, but I was definitely glad that I started working with, um, one-on-one clients first.
0: Yeah, thank you. I do mm-hmm. agree with that. And I don't think there's like a right or wrong way to do business. But I do think that um, it can save you a lot of time if you've already got the experience and you've totally. the kinks out for the most part, obviously changing it into an online course will have its own kinks that you need to work out over time. Um, but it is just a different way to deliver the content to people mm-hmm. um, for all different reasons, like price point and delivery. And like you said, capacity to have the like, capacity or even win some of your time back, like not have mm-hmm. to be like booked out with one-on-one clients all the time to, you know, have enough clients or enough income coming in and not all of your time being taken. So definitely reasons totally. of doing the online course.
1: Yeah. And I, I just want to say one more thing about that, I guess, is like I um, I think it's just when you were talking about how, you know, sometimes people are like have children at home and they have to consider that they might not have as much capacity for one on one clients and different people have different things going on in their lives. So, you know, for some people different than myself, starting with a course might be the perfect answer for them because they don't have as much time in their day to see clients one on one and that kind of more passive offer for them to make money makes more sense for them at that time. So I think it's really important for anyone considering putting offers together to probably consider that, right?
0: Because capacity is so important. Absolutely. Yeah. So the next question I have kind of to follow up with what you had shared before was, did you like essentially take that exact four month program framework and pop that into a chorus? So, you know, let's say you had like five different things you would teach inside your, your four month program. So maybe like a nutrition pillar and a lifestyle pillar supplements. I'm I'm not exactly sure what you teach, but did you almost just take that exact framework and just then create videos and, and do it like step-by-step, or did you almost like pull back and make it more foundational kind of as like a step one for people so that they would maybe then work with you, you know, one-on-one as a step two
1: hmm So exactly what you just said. So um, often I'm running testing, like functional testing for clients in my one-on-one program. So usually it starts where for the first four weeks or so together, we're really looking at foundations and the fundamentals while we're waiting on test results to come in. Once we have the test results, that's when we can flesh out like a really strategic plan based on those results. So I pretty much took to your point that first foundational phase that I bring all of my one-on-one clients through, um, where we go over those concepts like nervous system support, how to optimize digestive function, honing in on nutrient density, all those really foundational things that need to be in place regardless of, you know, what's going on for a clients. Um, so I took those concepts and recommendations that I make, you know, to my one-on-one clients. And then I, built it out into kind of like a five part curriculum that covers like kind of the five main buckets in terms Mm -hmm. of foundations for gut health. Um, yeah. And I definitely, like I took Yeah. Like recommendations that I make to my one-on-one clients in that first phase, but I definitely built it out into like a much more robust, like educational. I'm still making recommendations of course, inside of the course. (laughs) Um, but it's definitely like, it's more educational if people are interested in learning more, um, than I sometimes have the time for in my one-on-one sessions with clients. So actually kind of what I'm hoping it'll do exactly to your comment is kind of in an ideal world, maybe maybe, I'd have like clients start with the course and then maybe they transition into working with me one-on-one. And then my one-on-one program becomes less of this thing where we still might work on foundations, but people are kind of already at that level. And then we can get more into the nitty gritty and peel back kind of deeper layers and look at testing and that kind of thing. So I'm hoping it'll act kind of as a stepping stone into my one-on-one or if people, you know, maybe they don't, they don't have as complicated, you know, presentations in terms of their symptoms and stuff. So maybe the course is like just enough for them to get where they need to go, you know, as it relates to their health. So, um, it could go kind of two ways, but I'm definitely hoping it's yeah, kind of a stepping stone, maybe like almost a lead magnet in
0: and of itself, you know, even though it's an offer. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. As the first Mm -hmm. place for people to get started. And you're right. Like some people work really well on their own guiding themselves through, you know, some curriculum and maybe that is the best way for them. Um, but it's just nice to have those different kind of price points and different ways for people to um, connect with you and learn. So, yeah, I'm really excited that you put it together. My question is, did you completely kind of like, DIY it on your own? Like, did you figure out all the platforms to use, how to create the content, how to launch it? Did you do that all by yourself or did you have a program or some framework to help you get started? Yeah, such a good question.
1: So I'm definitely at a point in my business where certain things I'm like, I am so happy to invest in someone to tell me exactly what I need to do to get the ball, you know, rolling. So for this, I actually invested it's a little bit meta, but I invested in a course to teach me how to make a course. So, um, this, um, person in the digital marketing space, Jenna bottom Carter, who I know, you know, as well as um, she has this really amazing course, um, that essentially brings you through all the steps, start to finish on how to like ideate, create, and launch your first online course. Um, so I actually took, she did like a live accelerated version of the course in the summer last year. So I was like, okay, this is like perfect opportunity for me. Summers are generally a little bit quieter on like the one-on-one clinical side of things. So, um, yeah, I did the accelerated version, which it's definitely a lot of work Mm -hmm. (laughs) creating a course. It was a very busy, um, you know, few months all in, but, um, you know, considering I was pretty busy with one-on-one clients at the time also had to, you know, wear all my other business hats, you know, um, it just made sense for me to kind of invest at that point in getting the help to put it together. Um, cause it, yeah, just made it really easy to know how to do it. You know, everything was laid out for me.
0: Yeah. I also am a big fan of if somebody can help give me the structure and foundation roadmap, um, sure, it might be scary to make the investment before you've received anything, any return on that investment back. But knowing that it will bring, for the most part, um, a return on investment, and and being clear, you know, when you're looking into who you're wanting to work with, and I know Gemma very well. I was in her program called the Passive Project, and. Um, she's great, and you know, seeing somebody that successfully launched her own online courses, getting the support from that person. So glad you had her support. Now, can you just walk us through maybe like super high level um, what were kind of like the phases that you had to do to get the program ready to launch? Like maybe for example, there was like idea phase, and then like creation mm-hmm. phase. So can you kind of, yeah, super high level? Like what did you have to do that led you up to even get like ready to launch? Yeah.
1: So definitely, um, like proof of concept and coming up with like a strategic course topic is of course really important. And I think that's where a lot of people probably get hung up. I think for me, it was pretty clear that, um, you know, I was going to make a course out of that kind of foundational phase, just again, to my point where I'd brought so many one-on-one clients through it that I was like, okay, it just makes sense for me to do this, but definitely got started there with just like what am I going to make my course about made a decision around that. And then it was just kind of fleshing out. Like I, I'm a big sticky note person. So I, um, I started kind of like mind mapping on my wall in of my office almost with sticky notes. And I just kind of like brain dumped. Um, first, I think it was really important that I got clear on what the like course promise would be or what the like expected outcome would be for course members. Um, that's really important both to ensure that the course and the course content that you're creating helps clients achieve that goal. And then also so that your marketing and your messaging um, can be very clear around what that expected outcome is. And so I kind of started with that, definitely started with just like brain dumping all my ideas. And then that helped me kind of start to organize it into a little bit more of like a fleshed out curriculum. So you know, where I was able to, um, start to see what my modules were going to look like and what would be included. And, um, Gemma in her course even laid out, like, there's so many moving parts to a course, which is why I think it was so helpful to invest in, in something like that. But, um, you know, deciding on, is it going to be like videos or audio? Are you going to have, um written transcripts are you going to have handouts are you like all the different buckets of like the de- the deliverables i was also kind of deciding on from the start um and what were my next steps so i actually and that's, like an interesting point is i actually pre-sold the course mm-hmm. so instead of me um which was scary <laughs> <laughs> scary but i'm super super glad i did it this way because instead of me spending like it probably took me um you know, two to three months to actually put everything together. Um, Instead of me spending that two or three months developing the course, putting it out into the world and nobody buying because it sort of like missed the mark or wasn't quite what people wanted or needed. um, I pre-sold it um, and then I actually made the course content um, sort of on like a week by week basis and dripped it out. We can talk about that a little bit more if you want to, Um, but that was, really huge for me I guess um I definitely had to develop like my sales page and think about the technology um all of that kind of stuff as well which
0: again in this course a lot of that like frameworking was provided for me um can you share where you are hosting your course just like tech wise like mm-hmm. is it through like something like teachable or a Thri- or sorry um thinkific or I know practice better has some capabilities as well yeah. Oh my gosh. Practice Better came out with
1: their, they like just redid their program um, uh, like feature on their app literally as I was like halfway through developing my course. So um, I do use Practice Better for my one-on-one clients and they love it. Um, but I decided to go with a platform called Teachery. Um, it's a little bit lesser known. It's kind of on like a word of mouth basis in terms of their marketing, but I know the founders, like the people who created that platform, which is why one of the reasons why I chose it, um, because I love them and I love what they stand for, but then also it was really affordable for me. So, again, first time developing a course, I didn't quite know how it was going to turn out. I'm also trying to keep like run a tight ship as much as I can from a financial perspective. So, um, because I think uh, Teachable and like Think and some of those platforms they take a percentage for processing fees, I think. Um, so you have for, to like upgrade. Teacher, doesn't do
0: that. Yeah. There's all these, right. like, you can create like a free. So sometimes when I'm teaching online courses, like you can use, usually I'll say teachable or Thinkific, mm-hmm. and you can create a free one, like without having to pay a monthly fee, but the, um, percentage, I think it's higher. It's like five or 10% per so you almost have to gotcha. what makes the most sense. Does it make more sense to pay the monthly cost? Because that would be less than the percentage taken, mm-hmm. depending on how many people join. So yeah, it, I do find that's one of the more complicated pieces when starting, because you have to work out all the logistics. Um, but it's nice to hear. So Tea Tree doesn't, che- like you pay a flat fee and they don't take a percentage.
1: Correct. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, maybe I pay charge in USD I'm in Canada so I think it's maybe like $60 a month um with the conversion um so that felt just as like getting started it was really simple but that definitely was one that, like I was like oh my gosh how am I gonna ever choose a piece of tech <laughs> to host my course so I think like at some point you just have to make a decision and roll with it um I might in the future switch to um Thrivecart
0: mm, mm-hmm. oh and use their their actual built-in, um, online course platform. Yeah. Learn, Yeah.
1: I have to see, or yeah, drive cart, learn or practice better just because I'm already paying for practice better. And it's, it's just hard because, um, like thrive card and learn. is nice. because It's a one-time lifetime fee at the moment. It wasn't as feasible for me. Cause I think it was like 600 USD, which is probably almost a thousand bucks, you know, for us in Canada, that conversion rate. Um, so I was like, okay, I don't really want to drop a thousand dollars on this right now. You know, maybe in the mm-hmm. future, if I want to transition, I'll do that. Um, but I would definitely consider practice better, um, especially for people listening who already use it. Um, especially now that they've updated their program feature. Now it's like laid out really beautiful. They have modules that you can put lessons in. Like it's much more robust, like a teachable would be. Um, Yeah. But then it's like, does it have as much robustness in
0: terms of like the email marketing side of things? Totally. You know, it's, yeah, it's It's, hard. (laughs) It's so true. And I think you're right when you said like, you just kind of have to jump in and pick one. I mean, I think especially like at this point, if I was to change Cause I use teachable personally, mostly just because mm. that was the known one, you know, years ago when I got started and, you know, now I have like high hundreds or even probably thousands of people inside all of my multiple courses over the past couple of years to like transfer everyone would feel like a task. Yeah. And that's probably something I would outsource and have like pay, you know, an actual, like, um, you know, somebody that could help me do so that's familiar with it. But I think when you're getting started and, you know, you're still kind of getting your feet wet, it's a lot easier to switch platforms. Sure. It's going to take time. So you do want to try to find one that's best, but it's always possible to switch if you didn't pick the one that feels like the the final one. Totally. Yeah.
1: And I think like at the end of the day, no technology is perfect and they're all pretty comparable you know so I don't really think you can go wrong one thing I do love about teachable that I wish was available with other platforms is the app like I'm like a course I have so many courses that I'm a part of and I love having I don't know if that's just a personal preference but I think it's really cool that I can just like will check it out on the go and I don't need to be on my computer you know so just one little bit,
0: bit. I literally <laughs> did not know that they had an app so <laughs> That's so funny because I actually a, I love that. I'm in a program. Um, I did like a women's <laughs> program, uh, last yeah, year. Yeah. They just re enrolled in it this year and they have an app. Oh, Ultra, yeah. So I always use okay. it. People that can also access uh, my launching yeah. as well. <laughs> so thank you. Totally.
1: Because, like, you know, like for people who like they commute two hours a day and love to listen to a podcast, like, why not toss on Launch Your Nutrition Biz and you can listen to that, you know, through the app? So I think that's a really cool feature.
0: Yeah, no, that's really good to know. Mm -hmm. Running a nutrition practice can be hard. There is always just so much to do. And I want you to be able to have more time to focus on the parts of your nutrition practice that fuel you, like helping people and spending less time on tedious admin work. That's why I love recommending Practice Better. Practice Better is a complete practice management software for health and wellness professionals who want to scale their practice without the burnout. Practice Better was founded for practitioners by practitioners, and they understand what it takes to build your dream practice. Practice Better helps automate your booking, charting, and invoicing, but it's also way more than that. Creating protocols and treatment plans and tracking your client's progress is easier than ever, so your clients can be engaged in every step of their plan, and you can provide a high level of care without burning out. Practice Better also integrates with your other favorite softwares so that your client data and recommendations sync securely and seamlessly. You can import data and results easily from lab orders, fitness trackers, and even integrate Practice Better with your email and marketing funnels. And with their programs feature, you can have everything you need to build and run an automated group program that can earn you passive income all in one streamlined software. You'll also become a part of a global community of wellness professionals who you can learn and grow with. So, if you're a health and wellness professional looking to manage your practice with ease, Practice Better might be a great fit for you. And as an exclusive offer for my listeners, get 20% off your first four months on any paid plan when you use the promo code NEXTLEVEL20 at checkout. It's time to say goodbye to Overwhelm and hello to an organized, efficient nutrition practice with Practice Better. So I know like traditionally you didn't like come up with the idea, create it, launch it, then get all the students. in. you almost like did it simultaneously. Like you had the students come in as you were, you know, putting the framework together. So let's talk a little bit about that launch. So I know it was mm-hmm. different for you because you were pre-selling an idea basically at this point. What did that still look like? Like, did you hype it up for a long time? Like, were you telling your audience, like, "Hey, I want to create something lower priced and something more accessible," and were you giving them, giving them a lot of warning of like this is going to be coming, and then pay now, you know, to get a get in cheaper or get discount? Like, how did that? What did that really look like? Because it is a little bit different than the traditional model of launching.
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Such a good question. Um... Yeah. I mean, so I had like, I had pretty much my course curriculum outlined. I had all my like modules developed or not developed, sorry, but all my modules, um, like outlined with all the lessons that I was going to include. I had a very robust sales page. I have like a very long, like 14 or 15, 16 point sales page that highlighted, you know, Everything, it kind of has a bit of storytelling in it and really highlights like who the course is perfect for and everything that you know was included in it. I created all the little um, like mock-ups and stuff from the get-go. So I think from looking at the sales page, even though the actual course wasn't built out yet, like people landing on that page could have a pretty good understanding of, um, again, what they could expect like results-wise to see from it, what they could expect logistically from like signing up for the course, like everything they would get in terms of resources and stuff. Um, a couple of things I did that I think lended the itself really nicely to the success I saw with the launch, the first launch especially. Um, one was when I was kind of in the ideation phase, I did a few, um, different types of like market research. So I sent a couple surveys to my email list. um, and then I also did, kind of like a survey, I guess, on my stories on Instagram, where I had a list of like a few specific questions that I was asking people for feedback on. And that really helped me um, both from like a marketing and messaging perspective, and then also like actually for developing my course and course content. Um, So that was really helpful. And I would definitely recommend that. I've done that with my one-on-one offers. And I think it's always important to involve um, your community and your ideal client into the conversation because that's, ultimately who are trying to help. Right. So I think it's important to kind of get their input if that's available to you. Um, so that was like kind of one of the ways that I started probably seeding the idea that like, Hey, I'm like creating this new thing. I'd love your input. Um, I even remember doing a poll where I was, I was trying to determine between doing a course or a group program. Um, and I did, excuse me, a poll on Instagram. And I think it got almost like 50-50 in terms of like who was like, I want a group program and who. So I was like, okay, <laughs> what do I feel like? Yeah. um, You know, makes the most sense for me right now. What's the most aligned for me right now? And then that's kind of how I made decision, the decision about the course. Um, And then just as I was going through like the ideation phase and making the sales page and starting to develop a lot of the backend stuff, um, I think I had like my first, start here module ready for when people signed up. So, I really brought people along the behind the scenes creation process. I was asking for feedback and like input along the way. So, I think I started to like I picked up a little bit like so I started creating it. I think it was the end of July and then I was launching the end of September. Mm-hmm. So, it took me pretty much all of August and most of September to kind of do the back end market research, development, build up the sales page, get the course set up and the tech and all that stuff. So for those 2 months I was kind of really like seeding it, sharing about it, asking for feedback, engaging my community, engaging my email list. Um and then I had probably like 4 to 6 weeks of really intentional um like pre-launch content developed and that was again part of um the course that I took where um you know Preempting the fact that you're going to be launching on a certain date, how can you create really strategic content and intentional content that starts, you know, shifting people's opinions and getting people to like raise their hand and be like, oh yeah, this like that's the issue that I have, and um, you know, so I started creating content that would intentionally um, you know, maybe get people interested in the course, um, and then yeah, all like throughout the launch, I had my launch emails and was showing up a lot and all of that stuff, but yeah, a lot of building hype, I guess, to answer your question shortly.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, that was, like, thank you for sharing all those details, and I think throughout, like, as someone would enroll, you would celebrate, you would share, like, you know, almost as if inviting people into the community, like, hey, you're, like, if you're thinking of joining, you're not the only one, you know, there's many people here waiting for you, Um, which I think does make a big difference. I know some people, like share, sharing that some people don't one person that i love following i'm not sure if you also follow her but louise henry do you know her no, oh she, so. she's one of my no. faves you should everybody should check her uh. <laughs> she um, specifically does more like systems and organization and i love took that. a program from her on asana back you know a few years ago and anyway she does a really good job of like showing you know when somebody joins and celebrating and i do think that that does help with the the buzz and the hype of other mm-hmm. people getting excited to also join in. Well,
1: and it's social proof, right? Like, and I know that you do that, um, for your clients when they yeah. enter launch your nutrition biz. And I do that now, even for my one-on-one clients. Um, one, I think it's really beautiful to like celebrate them. And I think that makes, you know, I often, even like I use sticky notes a lot, like I said earlier, but I do that for like, whenever I get clients, I put their name on my wall. I always have clients like message me privately on Instagram when they see, it, and they're like, "Oh my god, that's my name!" You know, I think it's like makes them very excited. <laughs> it's cute, um, but then yeah, it's also it's a form of social proof, right? It's not like an explicit testimonial or something, but it's still like, oh yeah, people are signing up for their thing, you know. So I yeah. think that's nice in that context as well, for
0: sure. Well, that wall was definitely filling up during your launch or your pre-launch <laughs> or pre-sell. Um, so I don't know how comfortable you are with like talking about the results, but just to totally. almost like give people the confidence that this works and that they can actually sign people into their, their course after developing or, you know, in the development process. So if you feel comfortable, like what did that look like for you? Was that a couple new people joining? Was this like multiple people? And um, yeah, would just love to hear kind of whatever you're willing to share there. Mm-hmm. Um. So if it's helpful for people, maybe too, I'll share how much my course
1: cost. I think it was a really big, um, Oh my gosh, I had such a hard time deciding on what the course cost was going to be. So I did a little bit of like market research just to see like other practitioners, what are they kind of charging for this type of thing? Um, And I landed on 447 Canadian is what I'm charging. And that includes tax. Um, So I just kind of like looked to see what like market average was. I also considered my expenses and all of that kind of stuff. And that just felt like a good number for me considering people have lifetime access and I was doing live calls and that kind of stuff as well. Um, so just for context, if people are doing a little math as they're listening, um, so I'm charging 447 Canadian. I had a few, uh, discount codes floating around. So for the first launch, I did like a $50 off for a wait list that I had. Oh, that was another thing I did. I kind of got it like a wait list going. Um, on my email list. So I had, I think it was like a $50 off code for my wait list. Um, I gave my one on, like my former and current at the time, one-on-one clients, like 50% off the course, because I was going to give it to them for free. And then I was like, I should probably charge at least something. So um, anyway, so I had a few discount codes floating around and going into the launch, I was like, okay, I'm going to try to separate myself from any expectations. <laughs> um, I kind of <laughs> which I'm learning you have to do a lot in business. Um, and I kind of came up with like tiers for like launch goals for myself. So I was like five people would be my like safe goal. I feel great. I like made my money back on the investment and like, you know, for the time that I put in, that's awesome. 10 was my like stretch goal. If I got 10 people in and then 15 people was my like Oh my God. Holy shit. if I can swear kind of goal, like above Mm. and beyond kind of thing. So I ended up getting 12 people in, which for me was amazing. Um, and I had two different options in terms of investment, which I think was helpful. So I had, um, like a painful option. And then I had a payment plan option, which I think I'll always keep that available to people. Um, and I just do two monthly payments. So it's just whatever 447 is split in half down the middle. Um yeah so I had 12 people join which was amazing. Um yeah and then I like developed the course after they joined over like the subsequent 2 months.
0: And you're glad you did it that way like that you did kind of the pre-sale then the creation like kind of looking back now. I'm sure it was a lot of work all at once. You probably needed some vacation after that but are you glad you like did it almost put the fire under your butt cuz you're like oh people want this they paid actually have to do this now versus if it's like before people have actually paid or you don't even know if anyone wants it you can almost like slack off for months and months and months without getting it done
1: yeah I think um I'm definitely the type of personality to light a fire under my own but to get my like I think I would have got it done anyways but I'm definitely glad considering how much work it was it was so much work to put the course content together on top of all the other work that I had going on so it's definitely it took me about like 8 weeks all in and I gave myself three like week long breaks in between where I wasn't creating course content and it still felt like an astonishing amount of work um so I created it over 8 weeks I am glad I pre-sold it and created it as I went I made it very very clear for the people who signed up for the first kind of launch that um, I was going to create it as I go. Modules were going to be dropped out. Um, there was a couple of times where I was like, not feeling well one day that I was like, Oh my gosh, I need to get the, like <laughs> this module ready for tomorrow. So I just messaged the group and I was like, Hey, it's just going to be, you know, a couple days late and everyone was super, you know, cool and understanding about it, which I think was really beautiful. Um, but I'm glad I did it that way because if I would have put all that work into it and then I didn't, you know, quite land, um, I think I would have been um, you know, probably pretty, pretty disappointed for having put all the work in up front. So I think it was a great, great way to go about it. And it kind of like, I mean, I got paid a pretty good Mm -hmm. amount of money, you know, to kind of like develop my course and it floated me, you know, um, which was really nice. So yeah, I'm definitely like in hindsight, I'm definitely glad I did that. Um, yeah. I don't know if you want to talk about, I just came out of a second launch of the course.
0: I was if just going to say, if you want to talk about that. I kind of actually, before we get into the second launch, I, I did mm-hmm. want to ask like, you know, when you pre or when you sold it the first time, like, was it almost like doors closing and it won't be available until I open doors again, where some people I know will do like evergreen, which means like it's always available. They can join anytime. So like, what was your kind of model for people being able to access the chorus?
1: Yeah. So for the first launch, which was September 2022, 20, yeah, twenty twenty two, yeah. <laughs> like my ears so. already. Oh my gosh. Um. Yeah. This past September. Um. I did just like an open and closed door. Um. Launch. Um. Just because I wanted, you know, the capacity to be able to like really flesh it out. I was really engaging with like the twelve people that joined to get their feedback and their input as I was developing it. Um, But I am in the works currently to put it on Evergreen because I do want to make it available to people to join us at any time now that it's all built out.
0: Yeah. Okay. So Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that. And, you know, just to kind Mm -hmm. of like, yeah, bring it a step further of like, okay, you did the first launch, you kind of had that excitement, you had all the people join, you really had the push for it. it. It reached, you know, kind of exceeded the goals that you had hoped for. Now, um, what about the second launch? I know you said, Let's talk about the second yeah. launch. Um, <laughs> and I just want to preface this by saying like, I've launched many, 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 many times, and there are always ups and downs. I remember when I first yeah. launched Launch your nutrition biz, i have been running it as a group program. I turned it into an online chorus. I, I was like hyped up because I was just like, this is my whole life right now. And I'm so excited to just be done creating this chorus that I believe in the first round <laughs> I had like the high, like, I don't know, 40 or 50, mm-hmm. people going, which was great. amazing. And then the second time I launched, it did not meet those, you know, same number, yeah. almost adjust expectation. So now talking about the second launch, uh, how did that look for you? Yeah. And this is
1: where how I was just talking about not like trying to detach any expectations from the outcome. I think is a very, very important lesson I've learned in business. Um, so yeah, this latest launch definitely did not look like the first. And we can talk about like a few of the reasons I think that might be. Um, but yeah, so we are at the end of February now. I just um relaunched. I had the doors open, I think it was from February 6th until the 12th. So I just did. My second live launch, same thing, doors open, doors close, um, of course won't be available. I'm just kind of behind the scenes working on putting it on evergreen and getting those systems in place. Um, so yeah, this time I had two people join compared to, you know, the 12 that I had last time and it's still fantastic. I still get to support, you know, two people on their healing journeys and I was still able to, you know, show up and share about it and, and, and kind of have it top of mind for people. Um, but yeah, it definitely looked a lot different. I think it was probably a few different compounding factors, both you know, factors relating to myself and my business, and then maybe external factors. Who knows, you know, in terms of like time of year, this impeding recession that people keep talking about that we may or may not be in, you know, um, a lot of different things outside of my control. But I definitely think that like one thing that stood out to me in terms of like the difference for this launch was um so I didn't do a great job, which is totally fine, but of, uh, intentionally growing my email list between launches, which I know is really, really important. Um, but I was busy like developing my course at the end of last year for like two months. And then we were going into December and of course I took some time off for the holidays and was away and that kind of thing. So I think that was probably a big reason that I saw the results that I did in this launch. Um, Instagram is also like totally unreliable in terms of visibility, which is like one of my main marketing channels besides email. And I just was not seeing my content around my launch be pushed to as many people as I did in September, which like, I don't know if that's to do with the algorithm or like what's going on there. Um, But again, another reason, at least for me to like be more intentional about growing my email list and being a little bit less reliant on, on, on social medias um, and then, yeah, another thing which we were just talking about before we started recording is I kind of, on a more personal note, like just started off the year very unusually for myself, and my energy wasn't quite as aligned, and I think that like really really translates to how people see um and like engage with your content and your offers. you know, if you're not feeling as lit up and excited about it, it's probably pretty hard for them to feel that way, so I think there were definitely a few reasons that translated into the results that I got or maybe didn't get, but I think I had a really good attitude about it. I'm not, you know, I'm not upset about it. It's just information for me to like move forward with next time. And I'm going to relaunch it in the spring, which I'm excited about. So hopefully it'll, you know, be a little bit different at that time and yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm just going to keep doing it. I know from everyone I hear who's, you know, developed a course, it takes time to really build that like recognition and, and, um, you know, kind of hype around the course. So
0: yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being so transparent and honest, you know, both, both launches, right. To always, show, you know, the changes in both launches and um, the success. And I guess I, I don't like using the word failures, but success and failures in both, right. Like things mm-hmm. you might do differently next time. And I love that you're like, this is all just data. This is all information that I can take and try in my next launch. And I think number one, importantly enough, like that you're going to launch again, right? This didn't discourage you. Some people would be like, ah, forget it. Nobody wants oh, this. Yeah. I'm done, right? Like <laughs> like I'm finished. Um, but we know that's not true. The data shows that people have joined, they've gotten results, they love it. And maybe it was timing or we don't know why. Maybe this launch was a little bit uh, lower in numbers, but that doesn't mean next launch might not be. And if it is, you keep you keep seeing and you keep reworking right totally so i love mm. that that frame of mind that you're in i think that that's what really makes uh, a business owner succeed is like i think you mentioned this closer to the beginning but detaching yourself from the results like okay if something happened in the launch that doesn't mean that you mia are bad or wrong or that you made a mistake or you know i think we can so easily look at ourselves and be like ah what did i do and yeah. i think just business is such a lesson in like okay, separating yourself, seeing the brass facts and being like, okay, what can I do for the business and not having it reflect on you and your worth as the person. So amazing job One that you were able to bring that thousand percent. <laughs> Thanks, Tama. It's so hard. And
1: I can like totally, totally empathize with anyone who's like, might be listening to this and feels that way. And I think it's just, I think you just learned, right? And I'm sure you can attest to this. You've been in business longer than myself, but just over time, I think you just- have to learn to do that because otherwise you know yeah business is hard and i think detaching ourselves as much as we can from from it reflecting our self-worth is, is really 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 important
0: yeah well it's such a roller coaster right and it's almost like finding that <laughs> You know, it's almost like if we think of it in terms of nutrition, terms, (laughs) like that blood sugar up and down spike. And then it's like like, a nice balance. And that's almost the same what we're trying to do for our business. It's like you can literally have the highest of high days and the lowest of freaking low days. And you almost just need to like find some balance to be like not so reactive to everything that's Mm -hmm, going on in the mm -hmm. business. Which I think goes back to. I mean, this is a whole other conversation, but nervous system support and you know your beliefs about yourself and everything, right? Like it all comes out in business. It's such a mirror to who we are as people. So really, like learning that um, you gotta that you maybe balance isn't the right word, but having some like foundation or or feeling grounded, whatever way it goes, um, I think is important. And then the last thing I want to say was. You brought up the email list, which I'm really glad you did. And the very important fact that, you know, between launches, you know, if we're just still launching to the same people that were there that maybe didn't buy, maybe they do want to buy the second time because it's the timing is right now or whatever the circumstances. But if we don't have new people coming in, we're kind of you know, it can be a little bit dry or stale then. And I just want to remind people, if you're following, you know, people in the industry, maybe people who have been in nutrition longer or have their business longer, and maybe they're launching and getting 20, 40, a hundred people in, they may, may or may not, but they may have an email list that's 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 people. And you have to just be reasonable that not, you know, if you have a smaller email list, it's likely you're not going to reach those same metrics that those people are. So just remembering like again, it's not you and you're wrong and you're bad. It could just be the brass facts of, you know, have you grow in your audience in that time frame. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think like um even
1: like this this last launch that I did, I did a webinar to like open the doors. And um, I think I had. I think I had 40 people sign up for this one, which is actually quite low for me. So I was like, oof, I don't, I'm not sure how this is going to go. And then I had 14 people show up live, stay till the end, which was pretty good. I think it was like a 20% show rate. Um, and then I had one person buy on the webinar, which I'd never had happened before. And they like took advantage of like a fast action bonus. So looking at the numbers, I was like, okay, these numbers to me at that moment, I was like, these are pretty low, but who's to say that, you know, if I just focused on visibility and just focused on growing those numbers that, um, that was like the main sticking point for me, not reaching my goals. Right. Like it doesn't mean that the webinar was bad or that the offer Mm -hmm. was bad or that my bonuses were bad or not what people wanted. Um, sometimes it just gets to the point where it's more of a numbers game, right. And you need to just like get in front of more people.
0: So I think that's what I'm
1: going to focus on for the next launch. Yeah.
0: I love that. And that just like to see your progress is just incredible. Like Really people, you know, you can listen back to this episode again and really from the beginning, see where Mia was, you know, when she first launched and had her six week and her 12 week, then her one-on-one program. And, you know, now she's at the point where she's like, how can I be strategic about every time I launch? And Aww. it takes time. And I do think, I will say, I think you're a star student. I don't know if you got that, like growing up as like the A plus like star <laughs> student. I do think you are so good at um pursuing your dreams and putting and putting the work in like I will say that like like I don't know I get like emotional I'm gonna like cry but I just think so and not everybody has that inside of them so you are you are the reason why I think you've had so much success in your business um but it takes time right and you know going back and refining things and it's it's like it's so redundant business. Like you have to keep going back. It's And that's where people kind of go wrong where they launch something new because they're like, oh, I'm, I've already done this. I'm going to move on to that. Or I'm tired of this. This didn't work. So I'm going to try this shiny new thing. And it's like a lot of the times it's like, no, the thing that's working, go back to it, but make it even better and strategize ways how you can, like you said, grow your audience, get in front of more people, like whatever it is. So really just like looking at, you know, not jumping to the next thing and just like putting your feet to the ground and being like, I'm going to make this one thing work and doing everything you can t- to make it work, which I, I truly believe you're doing.
1: Amazing. Oh, thank you so much, <laughs> I <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Thank you. Yeah. I, um, it's hard when things like aren't working to stick with it, but, um, Yeah. I think like resilience is such a big part of entrepreneurship and um, being willing to be like, at least in my case, like I still struggle with failure and like rejection and stuff. And that comes up every single day in business. And I think like I've slowly come to kind of adopt that mindset. Like we were just talking about separating myself from, you know, it not being reflective of my worth and, and the outcome and stuff, but then yeah, just being willing to like keep improving and keep trying and keep showing up and it's often just like a patience game right mm-hmm. like
0: mm-hmm.
1: you can do it if you just keep going i believe that for everybody
0: yeah absolutely right like even some of the people the the biggest nutritionists or the biggest business owners or whatever it's not that they're like these you know, they are special people, but they're not like extra special that they got a little more like sparkle than we do. A lot of the time, it's just that they just kept going and they were like, they just did it again. They launched it again. They, you know, kept putting themselves out there. And, you know, a lot of the time it's just, yeah, the persistence and the patience that really wins out. You know, people always want the magic key and it's like, that's what it is. It's the patience. Showing up every day and putting the work in um which i don't think we always want to do as a society we want the easy way but you know it gets easier as you put all the systems in place it just takes time to get there
1: as you're saying that i like i literally say that to my clients every day so i need to you know we all need to <laughs> take a dose of our own medicine and what we tell our clients <laughs> when we're helping them reach their goals and apply that to our businesses yeah it really is just patience
0: and persistence right just keep keep doing the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. This, I mean, I say this a lot, but I could honestly (laughs) have you be my co-host and have you on the podcast every day. I love talking to you. You're such a breath of fresh air. You're such an inspiration. I think I've said this to you before when I work with my one-on-one clients and we do like market research and they, they look around at nutritionists who inspire them. You are like, Nine out of 10 times on that list. So you're definitely doing it right. I think you have a lot of people who are big fans. I'm a big fan. Um, so that being said, for those that maybe aren't following you, um, or want to learn more about your online course, whether that's to take it themselves, recommend it to their clients, um, whatever that might be, can you tell us where to find you? And then a little bit about the online course. Yeah, for sure.
1: So I am definitely like the most present on Instagram as far as social media goes. So depending on when this podcast episode airs, I'm actually in the process of transitioning to a new brand name. So I could either be found at Wise and Wonder on Instagram. Um, but if this episode comes out a little bit later and I've since rebranded, it'll just be at Mia Geomi, which is my name. Um and same thing goes for my website. So wiseandwonder.com. If I've since rebranded, since this goes live, then it'll just be me at gome.com. Um, time for a little, little upgrade on the branding front. Um, and then, yeah, my online course is called the feel good gut formula. If you go on my website, it'll be under my like work with me tab. So if you want to go check it out, if you want to check out, if you're thinking of developing a course and you want to see, like, um, I even have a video now on the sales page of kind of like the back end of what the course looks like. um, yeah, so if you want to like check out my sales page just to see how I've laid it out and stuff, you can definitely go take a peek and, and check that out. And if you have questions about developing a course or any of that stuff, I'm always, always, always open. Email, send me an email, send me a DM on Instagram, whatever, whatever works for me.
0: That's amazing. And you know what I can do is when you change to the new business name, I'll make sure that the show notes have the new one so that anyone, if you're wondering which one to go check out, you can always just go to the show notes or go to my website to um, see the podcast show notes and I'll um, go directly to your new, your yay, new brand name. I'm really excited for you. Yay. Amazing.
1: Thank you. Yeah, that's perfect. Sorry for any
0: confusion. (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much. This was really fun. Thank um, you, Steph. Definitely we'll have you back on again because I'm sure, you know, even revisiting this same topic, even, you know, after you've done a few launches, would be really interesting to mm-hmm. see how things progress as you've grown and changed. So um always so grateful to have you on. And thanks again for spending your time with us. That would be so fun. And yeah, forever grateful to you and
1: your support stuff. And I will come on anytime you want to have me back. I love chatting with you.
0: <laughs> Sounds great. Talk soon. Thanks for listening in. If you like this episode, feel free to leave us a review, share the episode with a friend or take us on social media. Catch you next time.